Welcome to the Get Active Podcast, where we bring you all things sport, fitness, and outdoors. Alrighty, welcome to the Get Active Podcast. Today we have Adam Morrissey. Adam grew up on the Central Coast of New South Wales, now resides in New Mexico, owner of Farmington Strike Zone. Been a while, mate. I reckon uh, probably about 22, 23 years by my calculations. What's been happening? Hey, man, it has been a while, but uh, I, I, ever since you reached out to me, man, I've been fired up to catch up because uh, it has been so long, man. I, uh, 20, 20 something years, but it, it's going great, man. It's going great out here in New Mexico and uh, just loving what I'm doing out here right now. Yeah. So you grew up playing baseball in Australia. Um, Selected for in the Australian team at a young age. How did you get started in the States? What was the process? You know what? Well, baseball all started for me when I used to race motorcycles. And my, and my parents wanted me to play a team sport. So ended up playing 8U Indians. You know, I still got the picture in my office, actually. You know, yeah. my first 8U T-ball team for Indians. And uh, just started playing after that, man. That kind of led to... Um, just wanting to be a pro guy, it kind of just took over after I had to choose between baseball and motorcycles, chose baseball. Um, and I remember going away playing for the Central Coast team and we went to Tamworth and I remember sitting on the bench at the 12U tournament and I was kind of like the backup player, you know, I'd playing a little bit of representatives, but not too much. And I remember I told my parents after that tournament, I said, I'll never sit on the bench again. And my dad put up a trampoline mat in the backyard and he gave me a bucket of balls and a tee. And I hit every single day, man. And I never sat on the bench again after that. And three years later, I signed with the Hunter Eagles and then, you know, played the professional league out there as a 15-year-old, which was just insane at the time. And then went to the world championships as a 15-year-old. Uh, did really well representing my country. Uh, won the bronze medal for the 16U Australian team in Korea for the 16 U team. And then I knew I was always going to come out here and it came down to, you know, my parents having faith and sending me on my way. And at 17 years old, man, two weeks into my senior year of high school, I left with a couple suitcases and that's it, man. Life, life was, uh, let's see what you're made of after that. But, um, go ahead. Yeah. It, it was a pretty quick journey to, to get there. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. As you said, next minute you're off all over the world playing baseball. Uh, pretty amazing sort of start to the career. Now, as a junior growing up in Australia, there there wasn't a lot of opportunities. Um, you, as you said, you worked your your butt off to to get there. Um, played for Hunter Eagles. Now, the Hunter Eagles not there anymore we we our australian league um has a sydney team now um believe it or not this year's coach was shane barclay in the sydney blue sock did you see that that is that's unbelievable because buckets was actually the coach for the bronze medal 16u team in korea yeah. and uh the coach of the hunter eagles man he was he was back there in the day doing it so yeah, it's been uh, since the Hunter Eagles. He's been out of, or I think, two thousand three or two thousand five. He did the Claxton Shield, but then yeah, he was the coach of the Sydney Blue Sox this year. So yeah, he was yeah. a huge, he was a huge influence on me 
uh, through the early years of my career, man. Um, got to do some really cool things on the, in the game with him. Yeah. So you went to the MLB Academy for in the Australia team, yeah, didn't you? Yes, we went down to uh, the we the. I think when we were about sixteen, me, Craig Anderson, and Chris Snelling, yeah. we would all go down to Sydney three days a week. And you know, back then it was so crazy because we would split with our parents, you know, and it's an hour and a half trip down to Auburn. But just those days, man, we put in some time, and it was cool because all three of us all played against each other in Pro Bowl in the States. And we all grew up playing Central Coast together, man. It was absolutely crazy thing to experience. But I remember those days, <laughs> Chris's mom would have this little yellow car, man. And she would sit on about 60 on the freeway. And we would be about two hours ride down to Sydney, two hours ride back, three days a week. And at the time, it sucked because I was in high school, you know. I wanted to hang out with my friends. I wanted to do all that. And it seemed like every time something cool was going on at high school, I was practicing. But knowing what I know today is that that's the foundation I stand on and stood on in my career and what I do today. And it's what I try to pass on to these kids. You don't actually realize it until it's gone. But that foundation of when I lived in Australia and grew up back there is what I stand on today, man. It was a... Uh, I'm so I'm so blessed to be able to grow up the way I did in Australia. It taught me so much about life to be able to handle stuff out here now and stuff I deal with in business and just stuff I've dealt with on my own on the other side of the world was just that toughness and the way we grew up together back there, man. I'm very, I cherish those days. They're a foundation I stand on today, you know? Absolutely. Now, your baseball career, where, where did you start? What team uh, did you get picked up by? Yeah, I signed with the Cubs. That was my first team that I came with out here, and I came out and played for them for three years. And then I got traded to Oakland after my third year with the Cubs because I had a really good year with the Cubs. Got traded over to Oakland, spent four years over there, spent three years on their major league roster, um, just had great times over there. Then became a free agent in the minor league. So then I bounced from, I went to, from Oakland to Texas for a year. And then after the Texas year, I went and played two more years with the Angels. Um, and then in 2008, I was, get, I was kind of a minor league free agent. You know, I'd played 10 years, done a lot of cool things. Um, but I remember one off season, I was getting ready to go back to spring training and I was in between jobs, you know, like I was still searching to play. And uh, I jacked up my wrist. It was crazy, man. I, I, and I played through injuries. I've always had a high pain tolerance, man. And I would just put my head down and play. But I just couldn't swing a bat. And it took about 10 months before I could pick up a bat. Well, I missed the whole season. Well, that was a big transition in my life because I, I was bred to be a baseball player since I was five, six years old. And that's all I ever knew. And now I didn't have that anymore. And it was like, okay, what am I going to do here? And then... I went into like just giving lessons and coaching and my first two weeks in this town, man, I made 20 bucks, 20 bucks doing lessons, handing out flyers. But I'm proud to say, you know, 12, 13 years later, I own the facility and now we're doing great things for the youth. And I'm just, it was that tenacity, man. It was the same thing that I learned in baseball, but it carried over into life, man. It was never about baseball. You know, baseball was the tool that taught me, 
you know, it taught me how to be tough. It taught me all these things about failure and just everything. And it was this tool that taught me. And now I see that today, you know, I didn't see it back then, you know, and I had to go through a journey of finding out who I was because my identity was baseball, man. I mean, people treated me in my life different because I played pro baseball. Everyone puts you on a pedestal. But then when that's taken away, it's like, man, you go through a pretty good transition phase of who are you as a person. And it was, then I understood it was never about the game, man. The game was a cool part of your life, but everyone plays their last game, man. Everyone. Yeah. So how's the wrist now? The wrist doing all right? Oh, dude, it's, it's perfect. It was just at that point of the time, man, it was like God's way of saying, hey, I need you to go another direction here. And yeah. I've learned more about life in this game coaching it than I ever did playing it. I mean, it's so much more impactful going through and coaching and doing these things. And I understand the game so much better now because I'm coaching it. Um, when you play, it's a completely different outlook. And back then, I was kind of a selfish player, you know. I mean, it was more about me. And I understand that's not what it's about now. Um, but I love the fact that, that part of the journey was what it was, man. I cherish those days. Um, it was a great part of the journey, and it led me into who I am today. I bet you've met plenty of players and, uh, and absolute legends of coaches and things like that. Who are some of your standout, standout coaches and, and players that you've played with? I mean, I got to face people like Randy Johnson, you know, Hall of Famers and stuff. That, and I get to learn from these guys too, you know. I had a couple infield coaches. Uh, Ron Washington, he's still up in the big leagues right now. I always put out infield stuff about him. I had the pleasure of learning from him. I had so many big leaguers that I played with. I mean, even growing up in Australia, man, just having those people to learn from out there, being around pro guys. And those guys that came up before me, like I remember looking up to guys like Anthony Hayes, that I just love the way he practiced. And I mean, he never made it he, out of, you know, he could have came over here and played college and stuff like that. But just those guys early in my career. And then later on, I got to be around guys like Sandy Alomar Sr., and like I said, these guys that are like legends of the game and I got to learn from them. And those, you don't understand it until it's kind of gone, man. There's just the power of where you've gone and what you've done. But just a couple coaches like that. I mean, there's been so many that, you know, you play with so many different people and meet so many different people that you take something from everybody. You know, it's kind of everyone has a piece of your journey some way. But just, I mean, some of the, the great coaches I've been around, they make it simple. Yeah. It's unbelievable how good these guys are at making the game simple, you know. And I, I learned from the old school guys, which, you know, I learned from guys that grew up playing in that 70s, 80s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Well, that style of baseball back then was very hard-nosed. The baseball of today is not the way I was raised to play it. Because back then, it was hard-nosed, in-your-face style of baseball and they're the coaches I learn from and that's what I try to pass on to the kids today because they don't get that today that's very rare today in today's world that old school work ethic you know and that's why a lot of kids are crumbling today is because they don't know how to face that fear because no one's training them not in that way anymore it's getting less and less and I see kids crumbling every day out here because they haven't been shown and that old way of thinking is kind of dying off you know, it's kind of going away and it's our job now. It's like, I look at coaching now, it's our job now to pass on what we've learned from these older guys to the kids of today because these kids of today don't know that way of life, man. It's, it's crazy. 
you know, and they're crumbling when it gets scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your coaching with Strike Zone. Um, what's Strike Zone all about? What do you guys do there? Yeah. So this is an indoor baseball. It's just like a training facility, man, for athletes. And we have camps going on every night. We do classes every night. We do women's workout classes in the morning, just pretty much anything. It's a place for our community to come every afternoon and just build off each other to get better. I mean, I just try to challenge the people in our community and I tried to provide something here for the kids, man. Like it's, a, it's out here, if you drive like 20 minutes to, from where I'm at right now, I mean, you're talking third world stuff, man. And these kids, we, we provide that outlet for them to give them some hope. Because a lot of kids out here where I'm from, man, they, they don't even have that hope, man. Like, no one's even speaked hope into some of these kids' lives. And we try to give them that outlet through baseball and sports, you know. And we just try to provide that here. So we do 18U baseball uh, is probably our number one baseball team. They do a Connie Mack World Series here that, you know, it's a massive thing for the town being gone like 50 years. So we try to get a team in that every year. And then... We've just really taken kids out to play the game, man. Just try to give kids opportunity to do something in life. But I, I'm all about this, man. I want to create a stronger generation 20 years from now. I want these kids that come through here to say, man, you know, I'm a better man because I learned, you know, how to get after it the right way, the work ethic, the respect and all that. And that's what we just try to do here, man, is to create stronger kids, stronger men to go out there to be successful. Yeah. So you do have a lot of junior development going on in the facility. Um, you do a bit of um, speaking and stuff like that. Um, what's the other? You go out and do some motivational speaking at schools and things like that? Yeah, man. Just anyone, really. We go out to the schools and go out and share and just really try to share, share my message, man. Just share the message of like, listen, everyone puts on a front today, dude you know, about how great life is. And no one talks about the dark times that you have to go through as well. And I just go out and share it, man. It's like, I've done a lot of cool things in life, but you know, I've had, I've had to experience some dark times too. And that's okay. That makes you tough. And we all are in it together, man. And a lot of these kids don't get that today, especially with social media, man, the pressure these kids are feeling are off the charts. Suicide rates out here, honey. It's like, we've got 10 year olds out here killing themselves, man. You know. And that's reality. That's reality. That's not, I'm not making that up. That's going on in our communities over here. And it's just like, I want kids to know that it's okay, man. Like, you got to talk about the darkness because everyone has something, man. We're all here trying to help each other to be better. So anytime I can spread that message and get that out, that's, that's all I try to do, man. Whether it's at a school, whether it's one person. Um, because I, I've just seen it. At, I've seen life at its darkest points, man. And I, I don't judge anyone for anything, you know, because I, I understand and I've been through a lot and I want kids to understand that too, man. It's okay. You know, and, and kids are, kids are killing themselves, man. That's a reality going on out here. And it's just insane to me, dude, when we grew up, those words didn't get uttered. No. I mean, that wasn't being talked about, man. I don't even remember one kid at my schools ever mentioning anything like that, but now it's a daily occurrence out here, dude. Yeah, definitely uh, changing, that's for sure, mate. Uh, radio station, you're active in a radio station over there. Um, what's that all about? What sort of content do you put out on there? 
uh, that's just, you know, I work with Vertical Radio out here and I've sponsored them and we do that, you know, and uh, what it is, it's a local Christian radio station. You know, I'm big into my faith, man, through stuff that I've dealt with in my life. And it's just another outlet for me to help our community, you know, in ways, just, a, just another outreach, man. You know, I, I want to try to outreach as much as I can to make a community better for people 20 years from now, my grandkids, you know, I, I want to get out and outreach and spread this message around here and try to create something that's going to help these kids through the future generations, man. Now I see you training up a, a storm yourself, mate, out all hours of the morning running. Uh, I think the last, last one I seen you ran 16 miles. Um, what are you training for? You're looking pretty ripped by the way. Nah, man, I, uh, I'm tr I'm, in October, I'm doing the Moab 240. That's 240 miles through the wow. desert of Moab. So I, it, it's crazy, man. I came into ultra running, you know, and I, I've I could go back to remember since I was growing up on a farm in Australia, I loved working out. I loved fitness and I've done it since like, I can remember five years old. I remember being in the shed in a rimbo with uh, my cousin, Scotty. And, you know, he was such an impactful dude in my life because he was four years older and he was just a competitive dude that wanted to compete. So every afternoon we would just compete back and forth, working out, doing chin-ups, doing all that stuff. So everything's just pretty much come full circle, man. And, you know, uh, I, I, I've done CrossFit. I've done it all, man. I've been bigger. I've done every type of thing there was. But when my daughter went into brain surgery, which was a huge, huge thing for us. Um, I, I, I said that day, I wanted to do something. I'm like, okay, my daughter's going into brain surgery. So I'm like, she's going into the most crazy surgery we're ever gonna face. And I'm like, I told her, I said, listen, if you, got, if you can come through this brain surgery, I said, I'll run a hundred miles for you. So right after, as soon as I said that, I signed up for the first hundred miler. Put my money where my mouth is, signed up for it. And then I just started running. You know, and I was a bigger lifter and, you know, bigger and, you know, just had the, that type of thinking. And one day out here, man, I had a bunch of young kids and we were running some hills and they were crushing me, crushing me, dude. And I remember I looked over on the hill and they were coming to lap me because I'd just been powerlifting and Olympic lifting and I was bigger and stronger and squatting. And I remember I looked over that day and I was like, man, I'm never going to feel like this again. You know, like it was just destroying me. And then I kind of just started on the journey, man. But yeah, I ran my first couple hundred milers. So I've done 200 milers. Um, and I, I just, it's something, man. I love it. I don't know what it is. It's something that is just built inside of me. Um, and I'm just going for it, man. I just took off all limits. Like it's, it's crazy to me. You've been in the fitness lifestyle, but you always hear it where you hear people say, oh, there are no limits. You know, you always hear those motivational quotes and all that garbage. There are no limits, this and that. But when you truly do it right, man, there are no limits. Like there are no limits. It's just like you can't go in. You just have to go into every day and say, I'm going to give my best. Forget the rest. You can't say, well, you can't do this. You can't do that. Like I just did a lifting program, straight strength, old school bodybuilding. 45 minutes in the afternoon, one muscle group a day. And I did 12 weeks while still pulling about 60 to 70 miles a week running. And I put on 10 to 15 pounds of muscle while still pulling those miles. Well, if you told me that three years ago, 
I would have said, you're absolutely full of crap. There's no way you can do that. But it's the mind, man. The mind focused and when you figure it out. But to get there, you're going to go on a journey. Like, I've, I ran 100-mile runs, but it's not the 100-mile run that's, like, the hardest. You're putting in 1,500 miles worth of running by yourself right before you even get to that race. So you want to talk about finding out a little bit about yourself. It's not the 100-mile run. You know, that hurts, trust me. But in the 1,500 miles you run up to the race, that's, that's where it's earned. And, you know, I've done the hundreds. One of the things I want to do this year is I want to get the 100-miler in 24 hours. That's one of my goals. And just I'm, I'm running the 240 for this kid out here that has leukemia. So he, we did a camp about a month ago. And you'll love this story, dude, being in what you do. So we got this little 10-year-old boy, man. He shows up to this camp, and he's battling leukemia. He's one day out of chemo, dude. And I talked about doing the 240, and it was on my mind because I'm like, I want to do that race. And I just I, didn't, I wanted to do it to raise money, you know. But then uh, I just didn't know who to raise money for or what we're going to do it. So we do this camp. This kid's one day out of chemo, man, one day. And we have a workout station going on in here where you're pushing sleds, you know? So he's in there and he's pushing the sleds. Well, on the last sled push, it was the hardest one of the day. And he's just about to quit. Like I'm told, and he's one day out of chemo. Just think about that too. But he's just about to quit anyway. He pushes through it, you know, gets to the ends, laying on the ground. He's smiling from ear to ear, you know? And I'm like, that's the kid. That's the kid right there. He showed me right there. I'm like, that's what it's about, man. If he can do that one day out of chemo, we're going to do this run. We're going to raise money, get the whole community behind him. And I told his grandmother, he's coming in next Tuesday. And the craziest thing is, dude, one of the guys that's going to pace me on the run, he battled leukemia in here when he was 16 years old, has beat cancer three times. And now he's going to be a pacer on one of the runs for me to raise money for this kid that's battling leukemia at 10 years old. So this story is just, it's crazy, man. I told his grandmother what, the way he showed me that heart, man, I was like, we're going to make sure he's always taken care of because I've been through that medical stuff, man. And it, it's the most stressful thing that you could ever imagine with bills. And I'm just like, whatever we can do to like, that's why we started my daughter's foundation. It was like whatever we can do for kids and people in this community to make it easier because that's what people did for us, man. It was, my daughter would not have been able to have brain surgery and survive what she did without these people that helped us, man. It was people all over the world that helped my daughter do it. And, you know, going through what I went through with my daughter with the brain surgery now, it's like, man, I want to, whatever, I just want to give back. Like, that's, I want to be able to provide that outlet for people struggling, man. So we're going to do that run, man. And I'm, I'm scared to death. Like it, it terrifies me, but it's, it's, it terrifies me in the good way, man, because I want to find out what I'm made of. I, I want to go to that level. I don't expect anyone to get up at two 30 in the morning and go run a half marathon. But for me, that's, that's what works for me. And I want, I want to truly find out how good I can be when it comes to distance running and even just working out, man, I want to truly see how good I can be. So many people today out here, they put limits on their age 
and just all this garbage stuff that they, they already go in like they can't do it. They have this mindset. They're already set. Well, it sounds all great, but listen, man, if you can truly just be great in the 24 hour period, this is whether it's dieting or anything, man, like pay attention to the numbers that everyone that diets 85% put the weight back on. Why? Because it's not a lifestyle change, you know, but if you can just make your lifestyle, Hey man, I've got 24 hours today. I'm going to be my best and then leave the rest. You don't even know where you're going to get to after that. You know, I would have never believed I would be running 15 miles a day and doing what I'm doing, but it's because I didn't go in with any things that I couldn't do it. I was just like, I'm going to give my best and see what happens. And then you get here and you're like, man, it's true. It's really true, man. People limit themselves and they get stuck in a mindset that just holds them back, man. You know, it's, it's sad to see because so many people deal with it. Yeah. 240 miles. So what sort of time frame are you looking at for that? Have you got any ideas on time frames or have you sort of know how to plan for that? I threw 72 hours out there. That's what, and I, that's what I'm shooting for. So that would be, we start Friday morning and I want to be done by like on Monday. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then figuring out like, it's just a puzzle, man. It's trying to figure out like right now in my training, man, you know, I say, I, I like to, I don't like being out there feeling skinny. You know, I don't, I just don't like that. I, my way of thinking is like, I want to go out and run 13 and feel strong. Like I want to run 13 hard and my body handle it. So this week I went 17 on Monday, a half marathon on Tuesday. And then I went 14 again yesterday. Well, the thing I was pumped with this week is that the performance all three days was good. Like my body's starting to handle that workload because just the way of thinking and lifting, I really bought into stability. Like I'm talking like a lot of band stuff, a lot of like stuff, like all the accessory work with the bands. And what taught me that was my first 50 miler, man. I went out and did my first 50 miler and I came back and my ankles and calves were trashed, trashed because it was so uneven. You know, you're out there for, you know, 12 hours, 10 to 12 hours and you're just like this. So I'm like, okay, we're going to get, we're going to get better to where you can handle that wear and tear. So I really bought into the stability stuff. And it's a daily thing. And I'm so glad I did because it's like, I say it's like the cushion for the body. It's like what pitchers use for their shoulders. They do all the band stuff. They do all this accessory stuff to hold the stability. But when you run, especially when you're running long miles, I want my ankles, my knees, and my hips to have that same feel. So when I'm hitting the ground or the pavement, it's soft. It's like a cushion, you know? Instead of being like when you first start running, man, and you don't understand the form and everything, it's like you're hitting the ground like this. And you're like, why are my knees sore? And it's like, well, you haven't done anything. You're out there running three miles like you're an elephant. Like, of course your knees are going to hurt. But then you start figuring it out like form and trying to be, you know, good. So in two weeks, I'm running a 30 miler. And I love that style of running because it's like balls to the wall, dude. Like you're, you put your head down and you're going five hours. Like I'm going as hard as I can for five hours. Well, on the hundreds, it's like, it's the, you, you're pulling back a little bit, you know? So it's a different type of running, but I, I love both of them, man. It's both testing. And I just, 
running is just, I'm so glad. I, I used to run cross country and do sprints in primary school. And I did all that running around a rimber. I remember once I ran from Shelly beach back home in Australia. Like it was like, you know, 15 K something like that. So it's always kind of been in there, but, um, now I just, I, I couldn't even imagine life without it. So it's just, now it's just life, man. Now, now it's just, it all came down to performance, man. I perform better when I get up in the morning and go run in my job and everything else. And it's my life, you know, it's, that's why I can do it. It's a lifestyle change. It's not a fad, you know? So what, what's a daily, what's a, a day look like for you up early in the morning, go for a run, um, come to the gym. What, what, what else happens? Yeah, man. I mean, so I'll take my earliest days. So I'll get up at two thirty in the morning, and I I come in, I get up, and I do my things. I'll come in, and I'll start running about three fifteen, three thirty, and then usually at about three thirty, that's where I'm going to do my long miles. You know, I'm going to probably hit between eight to thirteen miles depending on the day. So by five a.m., I've already got that in. So I, I, that doesn't stress me out the rest of the day. I'm I'm already good. And that just helps me be by myself because I just go running out in the dark. So then at 5 a.m. we do a class in here where I'll train, you know, women in the morning. We do a women's class and they, they're out crushing it, doing marathons and doing that. At 6 a.m. I hit like personal training. So it's more like doing some, right now I'm doing some softball girls um, at 6 a.m. in that section. So that's pretty much the morning. Then I'll go home. Uh, my wife and myself, we, we have started like selling beef and, you know, stuff like that. So that's been a whole new business adventure. So pretty much between like eight or nine in the morning to 11, that's kind of where I'll do like stuff. If I have to post stuff, do stuff for the farm, make some calls for whatever we have to do that way. Um, I'll try to always get a lunch run in or do a workout at lunch. Um, just to get that second session in. And then pretty much from two o'clock in the afternoon through 8 p.m., it's all coaching in here. So then it's like training any kind of athlete, uh, lessons, camps. Like last night we did a catches camp in here where we had like 15 catches coming in and we'll just do an hour of straight catching um, lessons all day and stuff like that. So that's pretty much just the daily schedule, man. It, I've been testing out a little bit more with sleep right now on Tuesdays and Thursdays, um, which has been kind of cool because I've recovered a little bit different and I can run harder um, on those days. So it's a little, it's cool to find out the timing of it and do that. But um, I want to try to learn some new things coming up after this 30 miler, you know, so I'm thinking of some other skills out there that I want to try to learn some new things that I haven't done yet. You know, jujitsu is one of them. I definitely want to go learn jujitsu because uh, I've never done that before. And I think I want to go get my ass whipped a few times and le learn some stuff. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just, like I said, man, I get up every day. I love what I do. I love what I do every single day. It's what I'm supposed to do. It's my purpose. I don't look at this as work. I'm like, man, I love what I do every day. Um, and I, I'm just blessed, man. It, it's, I love our community and what we have here. And yeah, it's just really the beginning, man. I know we're just going to keep, keep pushing the limits here awesome so what's next for strike zone in 2020 right now man we're just really we, we're doing our connie mac team in the summer 
which this is my first year not coaching because I'm uh, one of my, the guy that was working for me here, he still coaches and stuff, but he's going to become a sheriff. So now I'm the only one at the strike zone right now. So all my focus right now is being the owner. And me right now, it's really just instructing. I'm not doing any team coaching. The only team I'm doing this year is my little, my son Ashton is five. So we're doing T-ball. So it's his first year at T-ball. So we have a little five-year T-ball team. So it's going to be absolutely a riot doing that little five-year-old T-ball team. So I'll be helping with that. But you know what, man? We're just really focused on having this place for a performance center for people to come in and learn. I try to bring in a bunch of different coaches and just give, it, give the community an outlet for kids to come in and learn here. So I want to keep growing that, providing an outlet for our community, um, growing the farm and doing that stuff. You know, there's a couple different podcasts I do out here just doing different messages, man. But yeah, just really just continuing to grow every day, man, and see it, seeing where it takes us. But I just love the journey of it, man. So when was the last time you were back in Oz? Man, it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while, man. I don't, I don't even remember how many years, man. Yeah, it's been a while, man. Hard to uh, see over the last sort of thing, uh, last sort of month, seeing the fires on uh, on the TV and stuff. Uh, your hometown, was there any sort of damage with the fires back there, or? No, I think it was close, you know, but nothing like too personal to where the area was, but. Dude, that was crazy. That was crazy watching it out here, man. I remember when I was 14 years old and we were playing the Nationals in Sydney and that was really big bushfires when they closed the highway and, you know, they did all that. But just watching it out there, man, when all those animals and stuff were dying, dude, it, it was it was on a whole nother level, dude. But, yeah, it, it, it was not good to see out here. We just seen all that stuff, man. But I just I just know how bad the bushfires are down there. And yeah, it was just sad to see, dude. Yeah, definitely was. All right, mate. Uh, anything you want to add before we go? No, man. I just want to say this: the I'm so appreciated for everyone that had a piece in my life growing up, man. Just the hard work ethic and just that blue collar. I think about my uncles, my dad, but even all the people that we played baseball with growing up. But that lifestyle of people from the Central Coast. I don't know. I don't ever remember anyone really being filled with excuses, man. It was like, you know, they're all just hardworking people and they just put their heads down and done the work. And I just, that's a huge influence on what I do out here now, man. So I just, I really, I, I love that fact of that, 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 that I had that growing up, man. It was just a huge influence. I had the greatest life growing up over there, man. I mean, how much fun, I had playing baseball out there and doing the things with all the people we grew up with and doing it, man. So it was just, it was awesome. Like even to talk to you today, man, it just takes me back, you know? So yeah, it was just, just any of that, man. I, it was a huge influence on my life, man. That way of life back there and that mentality. Every time life came at me out here, dude, and I was by myself and I had to be tough. And I said this to my dad a couple months ago. I said, the one thing I'm grateful for is that when I had to, life kicked me in the teeth and it was fight or flight, you know, where your back's against the wall and there's nothing you can do. I was always ready. You know, I could always handle it. I could always fight. And that's a tribute to the people I grew up with. And that taught me. And I respect that. I, I'm so glad I was taught that at a young age 
And that came from over there, man. That came from those younger years, five through eight, 17. That's where that foundation was built, man. And I was thinking about it today. It was all the people that we seen. It was all the people we seen every day and, you know, that we were influenced by. And every time I'm out here and I've needed it, I was ready. Awesome, mate. Appreciate yeah. your time today. Uh, wish you all the best. Yeah, uh, man. Great talking to you, dude. Can't wait to see your progress on that uh, 240 miler. Yeah, we're going to get it done, man. We're going to get it done. So I'm excited. Awesome, mate. Thanks, Apes. Take care. All right, Take it easy, Bye. man. See ya. Thanks for listening to our show. If you like what you heard, please share with a friend. If you're an iTunes listener, please give us a review. We look forward to bringing you someone new each week.